At this moment, thousands of Central American migrants are making an unimaginable journey. They're fleeing everything they know in the hopes of a better life in America. But for those who make it to the U.S. border, a different journey is just beginning. This is TikTok. I'm Dave Myers. Joining me now from San Jose, Costa Rica, is Bloomberg's Mike McDonald, who covers Central America and even lived in Guatemala for five years. Mike, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So when we say caravan of migrants are headed north, what is that exactly? What does it look like? So the caravan is a large group of uh, Honduran migrants that have been traveling together, and the numbers range anywhere from 2,000 to 5,000 migrants. And it's basically just a large group um, that started the journey last week together towards the United States. Um, they fractured into smaller groups as they qua- cross Guatemala. Some of them are traveling at different paces, and some of them are staying longer in different areas. Um, but it's essentially it's, it's a very large mass of people, and they're traveling on foot, in buses, uh, in the back of pickup trucks, and basically any way they can to reach the border with uh, Guatemala and Mexico today. And why do they start in, in large masses like this? I think it boils down to strength in numbers. Um, you know, the trek from Honduras to the United States um, through Mexico can be very dangerous. Uh, there are extortionists, there are drug traffickers, there are human traffickers along the way. Um, so the large mass of people provides them some level of protection against uh, criminals and organized crime groups that, that may prey on migrants as they make their way to the United States. Um, and it also, uh, you know, migrants, when they travel alone or in smaller groups, uh, oftentimes they have to go with human smugglers, and that mm. uh, carries a cost. Oftentimes the migrants pay between five to $10,000 per migrant to the smuggler in order to uh, reach the U.S. borders. So traveling in a large, large group sort of helps save the cost of doing that in smaller groups. So you say they're traveling, you know, in these large groups, and they're splitting off into smaller groups, but they're walking along highways, they're, they're in the back of, of trucks, um, I've even read, you know, some are buying bus tickets when they can have, when they have the money to afford it. What kind, what type of conditions are they living in along this trek? So, yeah, as they left Honduras, um, in Guatemala, they've been staying in shelters. Um, some of the shelters are permanent shelters in Guatemala. There's a, a shelter in Guatemala City that is run by the Catholic Church called the Casa de Migrantes. Many of them uh, spent, thousands of them, as I understand, spent the night there this past week, over the past couple of days. Um, and as they move their way to the Guatemalan border, they're staying in temporary shelters that have been opened by local governments, um, gymnasiums at schools, local community centers. They're sleeping in sleeping bags. Uh, they're sleeping on small mattresses. Uh, some of them have backpacks with them, and in their backpacks they carry essentials uh, like toiletries, toothpaste, uh, toothpaste, toothbrush, changes of clothes, rain gear since it's rainy season. Um, so uh, they're traveling in, in, in packs and, in these, and, and staying in these shelters with, uh, with pretty minimal um, uh, supplies. And they're making this journey. They're sacrificing so much and they're risking so much. So why are they doing it? Um, yeah, so Honduras, um, the two major push factors for migration out of Honduras uh, are violence and, um, and poverty. Uh, the Inter-American Dialogue did a survey last year of migrants leaving Central America, and they found that um, 63% of Hondurans were leaving in search of economic opportunities, and 27% were leaving uh, because they were fleeing violence. Uh, Honduras has one of the world's highest murder rates at, at 60, per 100, 60 murders per 100,000 people. It's been declining in recent years, but it's still very, very high. Um, and they also have uh, low-paying jobs, and a lot of people that live on, uh, you know, two to three dollars a day that are subsistence farmers. Uh, GDP per capita in Honduras is around three thousand dollars. So there's there's very high levels of poverty and very high levels of violence that they're trying to get away from. 
And how how far are they going along the way from Honduras through Guatemala, hopefully through Mexico, and, and finally to the U.S. border? It's thousands of miles. Uh, I don't know exactly, but it's but it's thousands of miles. They have to leave Honduras. They have to cross Guatemala. Some of them went through El Salvador. Um, and then the longest trek is through Mexico, um, and it's thousands of miles through Mexico just to the Texas border. Some of them go the longer route towards California, which adds another couple thousand miles, or New Mexico and Arizona. So it's 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 a very very long journey. And and as of right now, where are they uh, uh, along this journey? Right now, the majority of them are in Guatemala and at the southern border with Mexico, between Guatemala and Mexico. So there's a town um, on the Guatemalan border of Mexico called Tecunumán. Uh, and they're basically gathering there in Tecunumán, and it's uh, waiting there to cross into Mexico. I understand that the first group, the first small group of this caravan, had crossed into Mexico today. Uh, there was a small group of them that was granted uh, humanitarian and transit visas by Mexico to enter Mexico and cross Mexico. Uh, so right now they're they're sort of gathering in Guatemala as they prepare to cross into Mexico. And how easy is it for them to do that, to cross over from Guatemala into into Mexico? It, it depends on uh, what, the, what the Mexican government decides. Uh, some of them do it illegally, some of them do it legally. Um, the Mexican government announced today that they were going to, that they let a, the first group in with uh, humanitarian and transit visas. So that just implies going to the nearby checkpoint at the border, um, showing your identification, and then crossing into Mexico and then crossing through Mexico. Um, if they are not granted visas to go into Mexico, then a lot of them, what they do, there's a river that separates the Mexican and Guatemalan border, and so a lot of them will just sneak across that river. It's a very porous river. Um, it's not very well monitored by security forces. Um, so it's pretty easy to just hop on a raft and, and drift across into Mexico if you wish to do so illegally. You know, Mike, President Trump has long spoken out against these caravans. Uh, he did it in April of this year when there was another one headed uh, to, to the U.S. border. And he did it again this week. What is his message to the people in that caravan? And, and what's his message to the governments that these caravans, uh, the countries these caravans are going through? Sure, yeah. So Trump has told the caravan to not come. Um, he's told them to turn around and go back to their countries. And uh, if they reach the U.S. border, uh, he, he's threatened to close the U.S. border, and he's threatened to send the military, the military to the U.S. border with Mexico if they reach um, the Mexico-U.S. border. And he's also threatened to cut aid to the countries um, that have uh, sent these migrants and allowed these migrants to go through. So Guatemala and Honduras uh, have he's threatened both of those countries to, to slash aid, um, development aid and security aid that the administration uh, provides to these countries every year. And, and what was those countries, the, the Honduran president or the Guatemalan president, what was their response to that threat? Honduras' president has urged the caravan to return to, the, to Honduras. He's also blamed uh, political opposition forces for organizing the caravan. Um, opposition political parties have denied any involvement in it. Um, but his, his response has been to urge these migrants to come back um, and that the government will uh, create the conditions for them to uh, find jobs and live safely in Honduras. Um, and uh, Jimmy Morales in Guatemala, Guatemalan president, he's rejected Trump's uh, threats to cut aid to the country. And he's basically said that Guatemala is a sovereign nation and will apply its own laws. But this isn't a problem only Trump has had to deal with, Mike. Uh, you know, it's been on President Obama's desk. It's been on uh, George Bush's desk. Um, what is his reaction been differently than their reaction? Well, I think Trump's reaction, I think the rhetoric has been stronger. Uh, he's not the first president to deal with a wave of Central uh, American migrants coming to the U.S. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, President Obama had to deal with it. Previous presidents had to deal with it. Um, but, but, you know, migration has been a big part of Donald Trump's campaign and a major talking point during his presidency. You know, during the campaign, he promised to build a wall 
along the Mexican border and forced Mexico to pay for it. Um, and his political base has been, uh, I think, has proven to be very anti-immigration. So, uh, you know, this is this is rhetoric that plays well to Trump's base. And with midterm elections coming up, I, I think uh, I think it plays well to his supporters. And so it's, it's been a major talking point of his. You know, it's hard for me, Mike, to imagine really any of this. Um, but it's also hard to imagine the numbers that started on this journey are the same ones that actually end up at the you know, at the U.S. border. What happens to people as this goes along? The, so what happened last time and what will probably happen this time, and we're already seeing some signs of it, is um, it, the numbers will get smaller as the caravan gets closer to the U.S. border. Uh, 5,000 people is a lot of people. Um, some of them have already turned back to Honduras. Um, last time, some of them just stayed in Mexico and didn't make it all the way to the border with the U.S. I think the last uh, caravan was around 1,000 or 2,000 people, and it was several hundred that finally made it to the U.S. border with Mexico. Um, so, uh, you know, some turn around, some stay in Guatemala, some stay in Mexico, um, and the numbers do tend to diminish as the caravan advances. For those who do advance and make it all the way, what happens when they get to the U.S.-Mexico border? So usually um, the intention is to reach the border and request asylum, and uh, that's a process which involves uh, an interview with U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, and then if they pass the interview, um, then they're granted a court date um, and to, in order to argue their asylum case before an immigration judge. And that's a process that can take several months. So the intention for most of these migrants is to reach the United States border, uh, request asylum, and then be granted uh, sort of a temporary residency in, in the United States while they await a court date, which usually implies uh, they have an ankle bracelet put on or, or some sort of monitor placed on them while they, while they await a court date in the United States, and they usually stay with friends or family as they, as they await their asylum court date. So in essence... While one journey ends, a second and maybe a more complicated journey begins. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it, you know, it's also important to note that the United States doesn't have the capacity necessarily to process all of these uh, asylum requests as well. So it's a bit of a gamble uh, when they get there. And just because they request asylum doesn't mean they will be granted asylum. So it's it's a little bit of a gamble. And once they reach the United States, uh, there's still a process that they have to undergo, even if they're even if they're accepted into the United States. Mike, thank you. Thank you very much. Since I spoke with Mike, the Central Americans that were at the Guatemalan border town outside Mexico have broken through the barricades there and briefly made it into Mexico. They were met by Mexican police with riot shields who used pepper spray to force the crowds to retreat. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening and please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm Dave Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers and you get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.